One, two, three, four. In this podcast, you will be here. Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader. Include, but it's not later. Talk of Star Wars, not Reagans. We can't truly prepare for the junk that follows this song. But hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of Vader. Crystal Fox reports they are divided. For equal sequel, hate and love they fight I know that we are just musicians hired. And their time is up. So here's the Knights of Vader. Impressive. Most impressive. A big thank you to An Inspiriority Complex providing our theme song. It is January 14th, 2024. My name is Zach Weber, and joining me today is Trapper Zanger. I'm getting ready for my attack run. Oh, man, the epileptic shock is real. And we have Iron Destroyer of Retail, Joe Yazo. Happy New Year, everybody. And we have Chris with the most provocative T-shirt on the call today. Yeah, you know, I I got had the pleasure of experiencing the Empire strips back, uh, and it was it was a fascinating experience. And but what I'm most excited about is to talk about more films that will probably never see the light of day. Hooray! What was the term you used in the initial uh, recording? Schrodinger's Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Because like, you know, the Mandalorian and Grogu is both neither alive nor dead. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, Yes, folks, we are talking about the Star Wars films that will most likely never come to fruition. Hooray. So we are talking about Star Wars films that will like what are our odds here? The idea that it's John Favreau's name leads me to believe that will actually come to fruition. But at the same time, we also had a Steven Spielberg, Indiana Jones film that did not come to fruition. Yeah, but John Favreau has Wait. more recently demonstrated his ability to work within the machine. I guess so. And he also like John Favreau also directed the Dead Behind the Eyes Lion King remake on top of the Jungle Book was also kind of Dead Behind the Eyes, never mind the never ending Marvel nonsense. Yeah. So we we have to give them what the most credibility for this one. They sort of announced like a like a like an Avengers style, like all the TV shows converge on this movie, like a couple years ago. And at that time, Felonius Maximus was supposed to direct it. <laughs> oh, please don't and, call uh, him that. <laughs> but, but, uh, this, but now, now that it's got Favreau in the director's chair, I think the odds of it coming out do go up quite a bit. But the current conjecture on this movie, and this is like rumors, spoilers, take it with a grain of salt, is that they're going to film the movie. Then they're going to film season four. And this movie chronologically is going to be the finale of season four, not even a series finale. It's meant to tie the season up with a bow. That's the rumor going around. Um, I, I, I can't keep my comment PG for this, but bull. <laughs> Make no, I want for the record. I want Chris to put a bleep in after the bull. Just, oh, just to sit there and do it. Make it, give it some potency. No, no, no. Well, well in that case, bullshit. Thank you, Zach. Wow. <laughs> you know, he's yeah, got to put in twice. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to edit me, you're going to edit me. 
Yeah, he Zenger's been flying off the handle more than anybody in our last few episodes. But, uh, you know, there is no curse in Elvish Entish or the tongues of men for this treachery. You know what I mean? It's not good. It's really just, you know, the, the, there's the real problem with this is that there's going to be there's going to be some like spoiler, like screw up because it's like if they're, especially if they're filming the movie first and it takes place at the end and then you have marketing and what we're going to get a trailer for it, like before the season's over, like how does that even make any sense and how long are we going to wait for it to come out after the season's over? I don't know. Like if you look at Lucasfilm's current, like release calendar or Disney for that matter, it's May, 2026 and it's December, 2026. So I'm inclined to believe it'll be the May 2026 release date and the Ray movie will be December 2026. I could see them very easily just pedal to the metal on Star Wars nonsense. They have two and a half years to try to figure this out and they're just going to sit there and be like, come hell or high water, get it done. And at that point, Star Wars will, will have gone into hiding for what, almost seven years on the big screen? Not long enough. Yeah. No, it's not long enough. But <laughs> but to be fair, the idea of, again, and it's no secret, the idea of doing the not episode 10 Ray movie as your first going back to Star Wars after how many years was always misguided. And they're, speaking of not to go back to even more rumors, but the, the other conjecture out there is that the Ray movie doesn't even have a finished script yet. Like there's not even a first draft of it. It's just, it's a concept probably a 15 page script treatment and that's it like there's no there's nothing concrete there and that's probably the reason why this is getting fast-tracked we don't even have a writer's name attached to it right like there is a writer's name attached to it i just don't know if i saw the name i'd recognize it but it's it's one of those things where i think it's still a work in progress it's nothing so that's every single time you see daisy ridley or charmine obeyed chinoy go out there I think they're working off of like, like maybe like 10 pages of an idea, nothing that they could even sit to really glom onto. It's more of a concept than it is anything firm. It, but it makes you wonder though, like, and, and uh, like, I'm somebody who like, you know, I can, I I can analyze uh, somebody's comments in an interview with a little bit of nuance. Like, I don't think this, uh, director is as big of a red flag as some do if you actually like you know like review the context of the comments that seem to be bothering everybody but at by the same token like like patty jenkins had a lackluster reception to wonder woman 2 and that lost to her movie so like isn't lucasfilm fickle enough that like the a perceived revolt in the, in the fan base is going to be like possibly disruptive to, to that. Like they just seem so reactionary lately that, that I can't imagine they're just ignoring all that. Well, they threw the game of Thrones guys over because their season of uh, <clears throat> house of dragons didn't do as well as they thought it was going to. And that's what basically drummed them off of their star Wars movie. Wait, you mean Benny off and wise? Yeah. That was the we're talking years there of separation. That that's Benioff and Wise film fizzling out is like the same time that like the Ryan Johnson trilogy kind of like evaporated. We're talking years here. The House of the Dragon thing was I, that was another one that just languished in like it's like Rogue Squad, Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron. It kind of languished in development hell to the point where because again, Lucasfilm courted Benioff and Wise during what season the beginning of season eight. Uh, or end of season seven of Game of Thrones, 
And when that dissolved, and then when that kind of blew up in their faces at the end of season eight, Lucasfilm did another one of those like, nope. It was like, it was uh, Wonder Woman 1984. It was like, oh yeah, like we've got Patty Jenkins, blah, blah, blah. Keep in mind, the Rogue Squadron announcement was what? December, early December 2020. Wonder Woman 1984 comes at the end of that month. And the next thing we know, that film's like in development hell like three weeks later. I think it's very much just Lucasfilm getting cold feet. The moment something doesn't pan out with one of their up and coming filmmakers, they just completely, like look at Taika Waititi, same thing. Oh yeah, we have him doing this. Thor: Love and Thunder bombs done. Like the the project's immediately DOA. It's their track record. They panic the moment the zeitgeist moves away from whatever filmmaker they hired three years earlier. Well, I just I don't see how they are. They're not like freaking out about the 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 conversation about this Ray movie. Then I just you know it's it, unless she's because like. You know, she's uh, Charmaine. She's, you know, she's an accomplished documentary director about some like very serious issues. And, you know, like people like Gareth Edwards and uh, those Lego movie dudes found themselves a little out of their depth directing a Star Wars movie. And, and, you know, uh, in one of those cases, it's debatable how much, you know, he was actually responsible for in the end. So, like, I wonder if it's going to be one of those situations where, like, you have the face of the director and then you have, like, somebody coming in to like make sure it actually gets done like uh, it because it just sounds it seems like such a weird choice in terms of the, like her uh, past filmography like there's nothing that's a third as complicated as a Star Wars film maybe it's gonna be like a documentary <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna chronicle the the new age of the Jedi I was about to say they they, they, they go mockumentary with it well, that's how the first cut. That's how the first uh, shot at the solo movie was basically. Well, I was about to say if they're going mockumentary, they should get Tycho to do it because of what we do in the shadows. Tycho just makes jokes about how his Star Wars movie will never get made. Now, it's one of those things. Until I start seeing more solid stuff, I just don't get excited anymore about Star Wars stuff when it comes to this because it's like who knows what's going to come of it. Um, I know another announcement that I don't know if we're going to talk about, so I'm going to force it in right here. Uh, Adam Driver saying he's done with Kylo Ren. Uh, did, did did any of us care? Well, he's he died. <laughs> yeah. There's that. Like th- like you know, at least that he he should be done. Um, and but you know, he's also did an interview like just confirming what we already knew that like episode nine was basically being like written on the set. <laughs> <laughs> but like you, you know he just added to the to that i mean jj already said it would have been good to have a plan you can't really get any worse than that but adam driver was like yeah the ben solo thing wasn't a thing when we started filming i said something like that so he basically said it wasn't you could but again we've gone we've litigated this episode seven is like okay well, again it's it's they knew what episode seven was going to be because Ruin Johnson was like planning episode eight. That's why you get R two D two on Octo as opposed to BB eight because he asked JJ to do it. And then episode eight between Kylo Ren like turn like staying bad, the weird Ray Poe dynamic at the end of the film, and then looking at the uh, dual fates Colin Madman Trevorrow script, we always knew what the plan was. Ky- like, Trevorrow was going to keep Kylo Ren as the villain who had to die. And then whatever, and this is where my never ending fascination with the rise of Skywalker comes. I want to know the exact point in that film's development 
where they said, let's do Ben Demption. That's the thing I've always wanted to know. Where was that like that point where they're like, oh, we have to redeem this character? Because clearly either it was it had to be Lucasfilm or Disney that was like, yeah, we don't like the idea of Kylo Ren staying a bad guy. Because we don't know also what was the straw that broke the camel's back with Colin Madman Trevorrow because the last script we ever got from him was dated like December 2016 and he's fired September 2017. So like we don't know – like there's nine months of unaccounted for activity that nobody in the fandom seems to want to figure out what specifically happened. I, I agree that like the, it might not have been so late in the game just because it's like you can, can you really kill – have both his parents' marriage fail, kill both of them, and then also kill him without giving him redemption. That's just rough. Yeah, anyway. you can do that. <laughs> That's a perfect lead for a Disney Plus show. Yeah. They could do young Kylo like young Sheldon, and Adam Driver could voice over the part. What do you think the odds are now that we ever see Skeleton Crew? Like, is that is that they just put that in the in the library somewhere now? That's never coming it's out. It's next to Detours on the shelf at the ranch. Because <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's it done, is. right? Like, it's just, it's done, and like it was supposed to be out already, right? Skeleton Crew's the another one of the animated ones, right? No, that's Stranger Star Wars Stranger Things. Okay, Jude Law is like. I know a writer. Okay. I just was like, is it live action or? Well, that's the thing. Like, but keep in mind, this is also going back to like Bob Iger nonsense where he's just like, nope, like we don't have the capital to do three shows per year. So everything that we have in the can or in development is going to be stretched as far as we can to get our money's worth out of it. Like, again, this year, the only things that we genuinely have confirmed for this year are Acolyte. Skeleton crew. This is not even confirmed. It's like the the assumed trajectory. And I think Bad Batch, everybody's assuming we're getting Tales of the Jedi this fall. I I don't know. And then I think that and then 2025 is Calrissian Endor season two. And after that, I think it's anyone's guess. Like I think there's a very real chance that they sit there either. I think Bad Batch season three is in the can from what they're alluding to. I could see it just being Calrissian Endor sometime in the early early spring, late winter of 2025 because um, that got delayed by the writer's strike and the actors, the Screen Actors Guild strike. I, I don't know. And I think Mandalorian season four, for whatever reason, they've convinced themselves Mandalorian is still where the attention is, even after how season three kind of uh, – crap the bed yeah and it's going to be even worse when you have to wait like almost two years to see any more of it but um yeah i don't know but it's i feel like skeleton crew has to be like the most the closest to it like it's totally ready to go like because I, I feel like it was supposed to come out like months ago right it was like supposed to come had- out uh, during the holidays of, la- of i guess like again like a month ago was when it was original okay. release date was assumed Okay, I thought there was actually an, an official announcement around its previous release date, but maybe well, they, I'm... Back in Celebration 2023, they showed some footage from it, but it was like, it was cryptic. It was, oh, Jude Law is like a Jedi, and he has a bunch of like Star Wars kids, and like, 
like it was a glorified uh, version of was it Jedi? Oh God, what's it? What was the show with uh, Ahmed Best that was like on YouTube? It was like Survivor, but for Star Wars kids. Temple Challenge or something like that. Yes, it was. It's supposed to be like that. It's 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 Disney copying Stranger Things almost a decade later. It's them just being like, oh yeah, we should do our own version of this, and it seems like it missed like it missed the boat by like almost a decade. But again, that's the Disney hubris. So you're even increasing the odds that it will just never see the light of day. That's no, I, I think it will because they, they have to release it. They're not going to sit on it. They're not, they're not David Zasloff being like, how much is the tax write off? I want the like, let's bury this thing under the ground in concrete. He's, they're not that bad. Maybe it is as bad as Batgirl, you know? Maybe it is just horrifying. Or uh, Coyote versus Acme. <laughs> um, you know what? You know what the funny thing is? I'm currently looking up the premise of that. Since we were talking about stuff that will never see the light of day, I'm like, what is going on with that? And I was looking it up, actually, as we're talking about it, because, I mean, the premise seems fun. Like, it seems like fun, and I am so sad we will not get to see this. No, Coyote versus Acme, no, they've decided to shop that around. They're going to try selling the rights to that. Yeah, I, 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 I was going to say that the, the most recent thing is they're shopping it around. But this, okay, this is getting into, like, movie, like, studio minutia for a second. But it's done. Like, like, that's the thing I don't get. I'm like, it's listen, done. Listen, this is the thing, though. And this is the thing about Warner Brothers. is like Warner Brothers doesn't have any money to market these movies right now. There's a very real chance that they have a genuine cash flow problem. And where it's like, oh, even if the movie bombs, they can use it as a write-off. That might be true. But if they don't have the money to market this stuff, it again, a, a tax write-off is a short-term like win for them if they don't have any capital right now. So it might be more of a business decision to keep the studio solvent, especially with all this talk of like Warner Brothers and Paramount merging. Um, like that's what I'm thinking. Like, again, it feels more like business posturing over like, oh, this thing was so bad. Again, the Batgirl thing I get in one respect because it feels like it was such like out of left field and it was messing with Batman and you don't mm -hmm. mess with Batman because that's one of the like sacred like, oh God cash cows you don't mess with anything that could uh, ever go near that um i don't know like i said coyote versus acme just seems like it was an easy way to just recoup some capital as opposed to like oh let's bury this thing because it's objectively bad i want to say it <laughs> that's yeah that's an interesting uh i never even heard of that till just now but then again i don't pay attention to to like you know anything that doesn't immediately amuse me and i you know that sounds like a high budget uh comedy sketch so you know it's, it's, it's an snl sketch coyote yeah. versus acme so what yeah. you're saying is you do not want to see john cena cena as a lawyer that was will forte i, I know you're imagining it huh that was will forte is the one who's re re representing coyote no no no. john cena is representing acme oh yeah. who's dwayne the rock johnson playing uh he's actually one of the rocks that they sell to wiley coyote <laughs> he's a giant boulder <laughs> <laughs> the role he was born to play <laughs> um no like okay so getting back to just the current star wars nonsense is that again i i it's night the idea it reminds me of what happened during celebration 2023 the movie announcements are cute until you realize most likely they will never see 
why did that canceled 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 well that's the thing it's not even canceled at this point like there's a there's a youtube channel that i love called like bright sun films or bright sun gaming and it's just like in like occasionally the guy who runs that channel will do something called like oh like on canceled movies or things like that like the graveyard of star wars projects that have been announced like it's what it's got to be into the double digits at this point oh no i i, I got a list for my gm Okay, by all means, keep going. I want to see how many are on this list because I'm convinced it's well into the double digits at this point. All right, if anyone wants to keep to count, go for it. Um, I'm keeping count. I have my fingers pointed toward the camera. All right, cool. Uh, skeleton crew. It's not canceled. No, I'm, I'm going over everything that's supposed to be coming up. It's not coming. You gotta, gotta see what's been announced and, and now has been weirdly like backburnered. Well, you you gotta get you gotta let me get through this. All right, proceed. So. Skeleton Crew, Acolyte, Bad Batch Season 3, Tales of the Jedi, um, Andor Season 2, 2025, possibly 2024? It's not 2024. Ahsoka Season 2, Taika Watiti movie. DOA. In development. James Mangold, Dawn of the Jedi movie. In development. Dave Filoni's Mandoverse New Republic movie. In development. I'm not pronouncing that Jedi New Order movie in development. John Favreau's Mandalorian and Groku movie in development. Star Wars Rogue Squadron movie. Status unknown. Mandalorian season four slash the book of Boba Fett season two. Status unknown. <laughs> Why did they combine those? <laughs> I, I guess so they can say status unknown for Real season quick. four of Zenger. Mando. Singer sidebar. So, so okay. I, I, I'm going to uh, put a tangent in here real quick because Joe and I were talking about this in IRL, and we had this because like there's a rumor going around that like Lucasfilm is apparently kicking the tires on like a quote Star Wars What If, or as I like to call it Star Wars Visions seasons one and two. Yeah. But we had the great ideas that like if if there was a Star Wars What If series. Wouldn't it be great if it was solely based around the entirety of the Book of Boba Fett series? So imagine an entire Star Wars What If series, and it's like, what if Boba Fett did not align himself with a bunch of teenagers driving colorful mopeds? And then it's like, Joe, what was the other one? You, what was the best one you came up with? With the Rancor? Well, oh, what if he didn't ride the Rancor? <laughs> There was, a, there was a bunch of them I started spouting off like crazy. If he, was- if Boba Fett had not ridden the Rancor, the First Order would have never started. <laughs> well, in the best one that Joe came up with was, what if Boba Fett did not crawl out of the Sarlacc? <laughs> and it's just a title card. It's just sand. It says, what if Boba Fett didn't crawl out? And it's just nothing for 30 minutes. You might be able to draw a direct through line to uh, the sequel trilogy not happening if Boba Fett doesn't crawl out of the Sarlacc because he may have saved the Mandalorian's life at one point and then like maybe that plays into like something with big whiskey, something, something. So like, you know, you got there's potential there. All right. I, I got a few more left. Star Wars uh, Lando movie status unknown. Star Wars Rangers of the New Republic TV series presumed canceled. The most dead of them all. Oh, no. There, I think there might be more dead on here. There are, more, there are things far more dead and decrepit. Um, the untitled J.D. Dillinger Matt Owens movie presumed canceled. The what Ryan Johnson trilogy presumed canceled. Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie canceled. 
David Bindoff and D.B. Weiss's Star Wars canceled. So, yeah, but most of those were trilogies too. So you got to you got to add like three onto them because they're. Well, Benioff and like Obi Ryan Johnson's was considered a trilogy. Benioff and Wise was presumed that based on like conjecture, but I I think it was always a first film with the most likely promise of getting two subsequent films. Did you mention the James Mangold one too, Zinger? I didn't hear that. He did. Yeah, I did. Okay, good. All right, good. Well, that's also not going to happen after Solo. Uh, Solo. After I forgot about the first James Mangold Star Wars movie that was. Uh, you forgot about the James Mangold Boba Fett movie that was canceled. Yeah, the James Mangold Dawn of the Jedi movie in development. No, 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 no. The James Mangold Boba Fett movie that was canceled back in 2018. Then there's also the Josh Trank Boba Fett movie that was also that was. They never said it was Boba Fett, but it was Josh Trank. And then after Fan Forstick bombed, imagine that they they walked away from that and they showed a teaser for that. I think it was Celebration 2015. They sh- it was like the Rogue One one where it was just like a picture of the Death Star, but like they had and that never leaked. Like that's another thing that's like talk about lost media when it comes to Star Wars. Like that never like the Rogue One one leaked. The Josh Trank one never did. Um, was there a title on that? Well, it was just it was always it was always the Josh Trank Star Wars movie, and then much much later did it come out that it was a Boba Fett movie, and then um, again definition of like early early stages, and then it morphed into James Mangold. Solo bombs, they walk away from it. They take much of the, like I said, the whatever episode of The Mandalorian season one where they raid the New Republic cruiser for, um, I, I forget, I don't remember anything from Mandalorian season one. That was going to be the plot of the Boba Fett movie. That was always the rumor was that that's what the plot of it was going to be. It was going to be more of an event featuring Boba Fett. And they just reconfigured it into like, they, they stripped it for parts. And that's what, um, oh God, I'm trying to think that's, uh, there's another example of that it's escaping me right now, but that's that's what oh Rangers of the New Republic and that's what the Mandalorian probably season four will be because what at the end of that he goes up to Carson Teva and he's like what if I'm a mercenary for you Carson and it's like I don't know if we can swing that and that's probably what season four going into the movie is going to be he's going to be a mercenary for the New Republic and do the things that they can't formally do. Oh, you mean like stopping the 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 new or I mean the the new the, order. The new order? Uh, oh, wait, hold on. The NWO, yeah, the New World Order. They're they're a gang. Oh no, they failed. But this is the thing, though, is that like, what can you do with the Mandalorian at this point that actually has even some semblance of stakes? That doesn't involve Thrawn because like think about it. we leave Thrawn and Thrawn's equivalent of the Katana fleet and clone army is going to be Night Sisters and Night Brothers. Like clearly that's how he's going to populate his armada. That's what they're trending towards. Who knows what happens in the next couple of years. Um, like that's the thing. But like how do you – how much treading water can you do with an entire season of the Mandalorian with Thrawn just being again out in the ether like yes he's down in the galaxy but 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 Ahsoka season two as well like well I told you I think Ahsoka season two is gonna be more about Balin going to kill God yay I think the concept are it's gonna be more Mortis related it's gonna be Balin trying to kill like okay so this is my theory. I, I don't know if I've ever said it on, on the record, but Joe and I, when we're at work and we're not recreating the Battle of Scarif in Joe's office. Bless for me. Uh, yes. 
recreating the Battle of Scarif at work on company time. Oh, I, I don't care about that. I'm saying it's blasphemy because how dare you not recreate it properly? To scale. We did. Uh, we did. I ha- here's the ha- here's the Hammerhead Corvette. This is the one, the exact one that flew into a Star Destroyer and uh, took down the Shield Gate that day. Uh, um, R.I.P. That Republic. Uh, those uh, the the people on the Hammerhead Corvette. Um, but no. Well, I think I saw escape pods. Um, <laughs> sublight engines. Um, <laughs> you missed. There's a point in Joe's office where I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's like, what did I say, Joe? It's Starlight engines, engines or like, <laughs> we were arguing over this. <laughs> we we're like, no, no, the exact line of dialogue. And Joe's like, I rewatched this scene 15 times last night. I know what the line of dialogue is. Um, but like, no. So this is this is my theory about what's currently happening with all these three Disney technically four Disney Star Wars movies is that look at it this way. You have Balin who's going off to kill God in Ahsoka. He says like, I want to start at the beginning of all this. I want to kind of nip this in the butt where it began, which you can only assume means it's going to tie into the James Mangold Dawn of the Jedi movie. And then they keep saying, bear with me, Chris, Chris made like a hell of a face right now. Bear with me. He's wrong. Thank you. Let me finish being wrong. No, I meant Chris. And so you have the idea of that Balin wants to go back to the beginning of this. And they keep talking about this Dawn of the Jedi movie, Dawn of the Jedi movie, Dawn of the Jedi. And they keep saying that the Ray, not episode 10 movie, is going to tie in directly to the Dawn of the Jedi movie. So I don't know if there's going to be something where, and this is my own just crackpot theories, think the ancient aliens guy. It's like aliens. Yay. I think I think the original plan before Ray Stevenson passed was for Balin to probably go into the past, be there to try to destroy the Jedi at the beginning, and then something something happens that Ray and Grogu have to stop it. I think it's they're they want Chris is shaking his head vehemently right now, but they want their Again, I can imagine between Kathleen Kennedy and Bob Iger, they want their Star Wars equivalent of an Avengers Infinity War slash Endgame. And in their minds, as misguided as it is, because Star Wars should never follow that template, Star Wars is very much its own thing, I think they're trying to weave all this together and they're just shoving the square peg through the square hole for better or worse. Now, hold on a second. I I know what you're thinking, Chris, and – and I'll give you your moment, but oh, man, I'm trying to type this as fast as I can. I'm going to give you a synopsis for an episode of Ancient Aliens on the History Channel. And I want you to tell me, is what Zach said crazier than this synopsis? Almost certainly. Oh, what Zach said's crazier? Almost certainly. Oh, man, I'm just clicking on a ton of Pawn Stars episodes. Chris, go ahead and respond. Yeah, well, I think th- that's a nice... They've done 20 seasons of this? Absolutely. And, you know, it all comes down to the logical crux that, Zinger, you just simply can't prove that there weren't aliens at the first Thanksgiving, no matter how hard you try. You'll never be able to have evidence that they weren't there. But anyways... I can prove Bigfoot was, though. I have a PowerPoint. <laughs> all right, but, Zach, that's a... I, th- I, I don't think you're wrong that that may have being an idea or an outline at one point and maybe it is still but 
so much would have to go right for that ever to come to pass. They would have to actually commit to like six projects and actually stick to their plot outlines for them. And these guys just move with the change of the wind and you're never going to have them coherently stick to a plan for five years. You know, there's how many other characters were at the end of solo instead of Darth Maul, you know, <laughs> like they're just like, they literally just roll the dice and pick Darth Maul to be in the end of that movie. And then, and then like, you like Balin, you know what we, you know what happens when an actor dies in a Star Wars film? They just rewrite the whole next sequel. They don't stick to the plan. They, the, the, the real life actor dying becomes a narrative focal point for some reason in the Disney era. So whatever they were going to have Ray Stevens do, it's just totally in the garbage now because they're just not. But that's why. But that's. But this is why I think part beyond Dial of Destiny bombing, I think that's another reason why the James Mangold Dawn of the Jedi movie has stalled. It's because once Ray Stevenson passed, they're like, well, what do we do now? But even going back to your comment about Maul at the end of Solo, I wouldn't be surprised if they went back to Lucas's episode seven treatments where like Maul being the villain of the Lucas sequel trilogy, they were going to pull from those ideas and make him like the villain of like the Empire or the, oh God, what would you call it? The Dark Times from... Revenge of the Sith to A New Hope. I wouldn't be surprised if by that would be their whole thing. That he'd be this weird crime lord in the shadows, like a new version of a Prince Shizor. Like, I think again, Lucasfilm doesn't do anything by accident. Everything is steeped in some misplaced sense of like nostalgia, and that's where I really sometimes get put. But what the hell is in the group chat? Who just copy and pasted that? I did. I just did chat GBT. What would uh, what would a Mandalorian and Grogu movie be about? <laughs> I think I think you have to read that out loud now, Joe. Since Joe, please read it out loud just for the giggles. I have to get to the original part here. Hold on. A potential movie about the Mandalorian and Grogu would explore their adventures and challenges they face together in a galaxy far, far away. Here's a speculative concept. Title: <laughs> The Mandalorian. Galactic Guardians. Synapsis. Set sometime after the events of the Mandalorian series, Din Djarin, the Mandalorian, and Grogu continue their journey across the galaxy. The New Republic faces growing threats from remnant of Galactic Empire and emerge merging criminal organizations. As tensions arise, Din and Grogu find themselves caught in the midst of a power struggle that could tip the balance of the galaxy. The duo encounter old allies, new enemies, all while Grogu continues to develop his Force abilities under the guidance of Din. They embark on missions to uncover a hidden Imperial plot that could jeopardize the fragile peace in the galaxy. Along the way, they face challenges that test their bond and skills. The movie would delve deeper into Grogu's past, revealing more about his species and the significance of his abilities. Additionally, it will explore Din's internal conflict as he grapples with his identity as a Mandalorian and the responsibilities of caring for Grogu. As they navigate through various planets and encounters, the movie would showcase thrilling action sequences, heartwarming moments, and unexpected alliances. Ultimately, Din and Grogu's journey heads to a climactic showdown that has far-reaching consequences for the galaxy. The Mandalorian Galactic Guardians could blend elements of action, adventure, and emotional depth, offering fans a compelling story within the Star Wars universe. If that might be the spookiest goddamn thing I've ever heard in my life. Well, uh, okay. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. 
Chris, oh, when you when oh. you edit this episode and upload it to Podbean, the title of the episode is going to be The Mandalorian colon Galactic Guardians. Because the fact that Disney didn't name the movie this, the fact that Joe was able via chat GBT create a better title for this movie than the multi-billion dollar corporation is nothing short of like I'm surprised I'm not having a stroke right now from this. Cause like I was like reading this and I'm like Oh my god! Like, am I reading a press release right now? Like, it's it's so cookie cutter. No yeah, offense. it's there's it's so generic. It checks out. It's, it's so cookie cutter, though. If you're telling me if you didn't see that stupid piece of artwork they released a couple days ago, and this was the paragraph under it, Joe put more effort into it than they did. They put three paragraphs. Joe did at least four, and Joe's not even making a probably seven figure salary for this. The thing is, this that synopsis could be applied to the Mandalorian season two. Could be applied to anything. That's the point. It could be applied to this podcast. There you go. I'm going to copy and paste it right now. I'm just saying, there's not, uh, there's no actual story there. It's it, it took three paragraphs to say it will be a movie. Nothing. That, isn't that what Disney Lucasfilm has been for the last how many years when it comes to Star Wars movies? My theory is correct. <laughs> Iowa Smith. Now, here's how you write a synopsis. Chris, you tell me this is believable. In the extraordinary two-hour special, William Shatner from that other Star War from that other Star series will bring thought-provoking questions to the leading experts of the show. Once again, I'm talking about ancient aliens. Ancient astronaut theorist Giorgio Sukalos. Eric von Danigan, um, David Childress, William Henry. And Linda Moulton Howe will join former British Minister of Defense and investigating investigator Nick Pulp as they do whatever the crap they do on that show. That's thought provoking. And do you believe that more than what Zach said earlier that I cannot remember this, this is even a reference to anymore, but I looked it up and God dang it, I was going to read this synopsis. Yeah, I do believe that more because we are clearly being visited by aliens all the time and nobody cares. And it's the weirdest thing ever. You know, fun fact. Why is it William Shatner in Star Wars? William Shatner actually did a documentary on that guy, Eric Von, uh, whatever his name's book. Yes. Yeah, on his Von book Daniken. back in the 80s in between episodes of T.J. Hooker. Yeah. I would like to state for the record that Zach left and I wasn't the one who started talking about aliens. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'll, you know, I'll, but I mean, you know, you got to get out there and vote, you know. You gotta, you gotta make make sure this is a as a election topic this year, guys. You know, U UAP transparency. Vote for the aliens. What happened in Miami? I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, that's nothing. I'll tell you, Joe. You ever want to know if it's real aliens or nonsense? You just ask me. I'll tell you. Is it real aliens? You know what? You need to look up the Alaskan Triangle. Chris is near it because he's in Canada, and of course, if you're in Canada, you're near Alaska. Well, closer than you, I guess, technically. <laughs> all I'm saying is this. All this is going to get canceled. I can't wait for us to have this be a non-episode in about two years. But don't worry. The the Guardians of – um, sorry, Galactic Guardians. God, yeah. that is a good name. It's too similar to Guardians of the Galaxy. They, they won't do it only because – of the Guardians of the Galaxy. But I could I could totally see them doing something decent with a movie, but the season four, the way I read it was that they were going to do the movie first, 
and then do season four. So it's going to be shoehorned with a bunch of people that were in the movie. So you get introduced to them. And this way it's, it's a little bit, they they'll find it more flowing the movie, but not the season four episode, which could ultimately be it's undoing if they do it wrong. It's, it's them just trying like Disney's trying to make money in any way they can. Cause apparently Marvel isn't the cash cow anymore. So yeah, but I mean, it, it, it's really misguided in my opinion because the Mandalorian's just loaded so full of of invincible characters now. Like, I think Carson Tiva has as much plot armor as Baby Yoda. They're not going to harm one of the precious remaining hairs on that man's head. You know, they're just not going to do it. He's bulletproof and because uh, he's wholesome and, and fun and he's just like everybody loves him and everybody talks about how they how they want an action figure of him which is beyond my comprehension and like you know there you know he's just you know when he's around if he's if he's in the squadron at least he's going to survive you know and then you got same thing with baby yoda i guess the mandalorian could die at some point and pedro pascal would probably be happy about that at this point yeah so he can go on and play mr fantastic i don't know about that yeah i'm sure he's really passionate about that role you're right the names i heard flying around for that role you know, I heard Adam Driver, and I'm thankful that he he's not even considered right now. But also Matt Smith. They 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 started bandaging about Matt Smith about Reed Richards, and I thought to myself, I was, like that would be phenomenal if they actually were able to get Matt put Matt Smith in there. But I think the thing with the uh, the dragons thing on HBO is kind of a downturn for him. It's not as wholesome as he was when he was Doctor Who. Yeah, I don't know if I can see him as Reed Richards, but it, it'd be interesting. I don't know, but I—I th- I mean, I, we pretty much have been setting it, saying it the whole, whole episode so far that like we—it's—it's it's interesting that there's all these announcements. We won't be surprised if none of it ever happens, and you know, Skeleton Crew is on the shelf beside Detours. Boo. I don't even, and you know, we're not even, we're not even really, they never marketed Skeleton Crew to us, so we don't really, yeah. even really know what it is. So. I am actually very surprised of what it actually came out with. What? Because all I did was I typed in, what would a movie about the Mandalorian and Grogu be about? And there's no actual content there, Joe. But there I is mean, the it's, it's a good synopsis, but it's, it's. <laughs> Just empty. It's like the show. You need to it's, no, it's but a Joe, ton of empty calories, Joe. Stop! No, don't eat it, Joe. You need to understand how prompt. You need to take a course on prompting, okay? Because if you really wanted that to be good, you got to come in with. You got to bring a little something to the table, like a three like sentence, fifty prompts. Yeah, you got to. Well, you got to. Not even that. You just got to explain a little bit. Like you got to bring in one <laughs> hook for the AI to run with. Like you think that Indian that that um. In, uh, Iowa Smith uh, gets like, like you know, you got to f- f- at least decide the MacGuffin. Like you, you know, you got to pick your Ark of the Covenant, and then the AI will fill in the gaps. And you know, they'll explain that Iowa Smith had to go to Ethiopia to steal the Ark of the Covenant, and the, you know, then it will look up Ethiopia and who's defending the Ark of the Covenant. You know, it'll go on and so, so on and so forth like that. You need to give it a little bit, and then it will fill in those gaps. But you're just like, what is a movie of the Mandalorian? And it's like, well, we Googled that and we parroted a bunch of non-statements from Disney back at you. How you doing, Zach? So what sort of Iowa Smith shenanigans did I miss? Well, we just trying to decide a MacGuffin for Iowa Smith to go after. What's left <laughs> in the world? 
What sort? Of, okay, I th- what sort of AI should Iowa Smith go after? I think he should be fighting AI. That should be the ultimate villain. Yeah, but he's he needs to. That's not how. That's not how. Uh, quote unquote, Iowa Smith operates pl- plot wise. He needs to go after a historical artifact of some importance. Damn it! They changed the name. So Iowa Smith and the Key of Complacency. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's like the Panderstone or something. That's there. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Just mind you that Indiana is supposed to be Iowa, all right? <laughs> I'm going to put this in the chat. You guys can read it later. What yeah. What does the key of complacency – is the key of complacency like a real key, uh, key or is it like the cane from Citizen Kane? Like is it one of those? Well, Wait, there's pe- the cane. Zach, Zach people, people – many people over the years wrote about the key of complacency as if it were a physical object. But by the end of the movie, Iowa is going to find out that you really just embody – complacency in your heart and then you make bland content <laughs> is that what he is he realizes that he's a milquetoast human being and he's true he is the key of complacency it's a the mirror key. that's what the key of complacency is it's a mirror yeah and yeah and you can't take it out of the tomb of complacency you can only look upon it while you're in there mm. Or if you're a studio executive, you have it in your office. <laughs> it's whatever comes easiest. Well, that's why they that's why they moved uh, Disney's headquarters to so it could just be around the cave of complacency. Yeah, <laughs> the cave of complacency. <laughs> so, how about Steamboat Willie being public domain, Zach? Have you got some fun ideas? Are you gonna make a new graphic novel starring Steamboat Willie, where he like you know has an adventure? I don't know. Like, do people even? I, I remember back in the day, about like, oh god, almost twenty years ago, there was an absurd amount of Steamboat Willie merchandise. I'm guessing because it was probably the 80th anniversary. Um, to I remember, I had like, I had like a little bobblehead of him, a stuffed animal that's somewhere in the other room, a Christmas ornament that doesn't work anymore. I remember Steamboat Willie being a big thing. I would imagine it's intentional on Disney's part that pe- they've gone out of their way the last 10, 15 years to kind of bury him because they don't want people to recognize that he's now 100 years old and in the public domain. That can't be by accident, that they don't really do much to market him. And that's why like Oswald the Lucky Rabbit has done more to be of that like, oh, early Walt Disney animation era. Again, nothing this company does is by accident. It's all contrived. It's all orchestrated, even if it doesn't work out the way they want. Um, I'm not. I'm not surprised. Like, like it, it, it. It's a company in chaos right now. So something like Steamboat Willie is probably just being thrown overboard to appease the sharks, so they don't have to feed like an executive or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I mean, the, those those uh, public domain laws are interesting because, like, they're clearly like developed for a period of time before digital media and it's kind of like you know it's like they're literally developed in a time where like after a hundred years like literally no one would have any record of this thing ever existing basically unless you found a book (laughs) so it's like you know it doesn't it's they were able to extend it but it is it is sort of interesting that it's like that design of the character really isn't that far off in my opinion it's pretty recognizable i don't know well it's right but that's the thing about like and I wonder what sort of like four dimensional chess Disney's playing right now with Mickey Mouse and just his iconography. But like, what is Mickey Mouse? Like, for the longest time during the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, there was a very specific design of Mickey Mouse that they 
oh god, hovered around. Oh god, the last Mickey Mouse cartoons um, were really what in the early 2010s. And Zenger's gonna love this. It's from the guy who did the not Gendy, but the guy who helped like co-animate. Clone War, the micro series. I forget, it's Paul something. I forget his name. He's the one that made the latest round of like Mickey Mouse cartoons from ten years ago, which is what they've used for like the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway at the parks. Um, that's kind of the last iteration of Mickey, and that's about ten years old right now, and it resembles nothing the original iconography. Well, it's like they realized he has more value as a logo than a character. You know, it's like, uh, and maybe he's more problematic. And like, it's just like, how do you actually use him in an interesting narrative way? You can't, you don't want to make him into an interesting character at this point. So he's more of a logo. Well, he's, yeah. Well, that's, well, absolutely. And that's why, like, they've never, like, for the longest time, he was considered like a sacred cow and you could never go near him. And then over time, they realize that outside of a glorified mascot, he really serves no purpose to the point where now they've gone – again, 10 years ago was the last time they tried doing something with him as an actual character. And those shorts were pretty fun. Like if you go back and look at some of them, like they're pretty cute. Like like they're – relatively speaking, they're pretty edgy um, compared to what they've done prior with him. And no, but you could tell that that clearly did not resonate either with the studio executives or mass audiences because they they didn't really do much with it after that. So no, I'm not I'm not shocked by them behaving this way. Again, Disney went from a company that used to sit there treasure its iconography to now they just keep shoveling more and more kind of just crap on the fire, hoping it'll do something like, oh God, like my, again, Joe, I'm not sure if you've picked up on it at work, but like Wish, the latest animated movie, there's some sort of stupid little star character and we sell like a one-to-one facsimile of it as like a nightlight and originally came in as $25 and I think now it's down to seven. Heck Yeah. It's a company that doesn't know what to do with itself. Like it's just everything that, like, outside of trading on nostalgia. And speaking of Disney things that are coming out this year, which I'm, I'm kind of fascinated to see how this is going to perform. But apparently, the Lion King live action prequel movie Mufasa is supposed to come out this year. And there's been nothing about that movie. There's no, no leaks, no rumors. Nothing. I know it's not being uh, directed by John Favreau. I would imagine he's somehow involved as a producer. But like the idea of a Mufasa prequel, as cynical and contrived as it sounds as a concept, I I would read a book on that before I see a movie. I'm like, oh, like what was Mufasa like? It's like okay, like Mufasa is one of these larger than life characters that we've always been that's been in the pop culture zeitgeist for thirty years, but. Yeah, to me, that sounds more interesting than a dead behind the eyes Lion King movie. If they made an animated movie, I'd be infinitely more inclined to go watch that than, again, the weird, off putting, like, CGI animal movie. So, you know, it'd be crazy if they did. Speaking of, like, an origin story no one asked for, like, what was Obi Wan Kenobi doing after Revenge of the Sith until New Hope? That's the what if season two. Don't ruin it, Zanger. What if Obi Wan Kenobi did not hide Leia in an oversized trench coat on an imperial base? Don't ruin season two. Oh wait, did that happen? Oh no! <laughs> oh no! 
You sound like Kathleen Kennedy waking up during a fever dream. That happened? No. I forgot about it till just now. The trench coat. Uh, Oversized trench coat. Cannot overemphasize that. You know what? What uh, Star Wars? What if is just going to be? It's going to be like a playlist on Disney Plus, and they're going to put Obi Wan and the Book of Boba Fett in it. (laughs) They don't even have to do anything. They just rebrand it. Star Wars What If <laughs> Boba Fett And then it's Don't. What If Boba Fett did get out of the Sarlacc pit Not stayed in it You know chaos ensued Come on Joe say it What if Boba Fett did what Man <laughs> I, I feel like it was that mo- It's that moment from the Simpsons Where all the kids turn around the bar And they're like Say, say the, the line, line. <laughs> Oh god! Oh, there's so much, so much in that in that show that I would like them not to do, not to do. It, the Simpsons? No. What? Well, what if? Oh, <laughs> well, are you excited about the idea? Like, say it's the exact same format as Marvel What If, and it's like animated, and it's like the exact same structure. What does that intrigue you, or is that just like there's no way their What Ifs are going to be as interesting as what I can think of in five minutes? So what's the point? That's true. I, I would totally agree with you on that because it's, you know, everyone's imagination is going to be better than whatever canned thing that they're going to be doing because it's all homogenized. It's all boiled over. It has no taste to it. There's no salt to it. There's no sugar to it. It's just, it's like gray water. What if Attack of the Clones was a good movie and it just shows a utopia that we all live in now where health care is free for everyone. No one goes hungry and the world's a perfect place. You know, in, in twenty years, twenty years from now, they're going to say the same thing about the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Hi, highly disagree, but that's you know, you guys, you guys keep living in your fantasy land where Attack of the Clones is not like the most interesting cinematic experiment that's ever occurred. But uh, you know, oh, oh, I, I, I got into a huge discussion. Um, when I was with a ton of new hires at work, so I was asking what their favorite movie was, and somebody actually said Solo. I was floored by that. Does Alden Ehrenreich work for Target now? <laughs> Singer, did you have the did you have the power to fire this person on the spot? <laughs> they said it, and I just looked at them, and I'm like, "Don't fire Alden Ehrenreich. He's a sweetheart in real life." <laughs> I just went, "Huh, interesting." And then I went, what's the worst Star Wars movie? And someone went, I'm like, there is a correct answer, so you better have it. And the guy sat there for a second and went, attack the cut. I'm like, correct. So. Good to know that Alden Ehrenreich's least favorite Star Wars film is Attack of the Clones. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh. I'm, I'm sure some subset of the audience will know what the Empire Strips Back is, but there's a host in between acts in this this uh, this interesting live show, and this host was dressed up as Lando, and he made several references to having an ongoing relationship with his droid, and not only that, but he also directly quoted Rose Tico. It's an interesting world out there. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Star uh, Chris, how does it feel that Disney Star Wars has contaminated like your pu- like perfect your utopia? Like, how does that feel? 
it's rough because like you know like i mean like if if, if you haven't heard of it that's the empire strips back is quite clearly a burlesque show so oh, no way uh, the entire the entire <laughs> so, so the point the, the and and the reason i extra emphasize that is because the entire cast even the the guy playing lando is hosting it they're all like under 30 years old so they all have no idea what star wars is they're all participating in the stage show, 30, 20, 30 people, and they're all just like no idea what's going on. They're all just following, you know, as it's written. Here's there, there's the beats. And the material is so infused with the last 10 years of nonsense that it's like it, you know, they 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 did they they did it. They blew it up. <laughs> Chris is on the beach right now, pounding the stand. Yeah, those maniacs. You know, they changed culture. They 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 rewrote history. They the Gen Zs don't think Star Wars is good, and they don't really know what it is. They know that some subset of the older people will pay money to see things related to it. That's what they know. <laughs> now we gotta put that on. Go, somebody, go get the uh, the meme gif of like the tombstone from last week's episode. And that's going to be the verbatim phrasing. The Gen Z's, all they know is that the old people will pay something for more of it. Is that, is that what star Wars is Chris at this point? It's what old people throw their money at. Well, it's not what it is, but it's like, if like, you know, there's like people who are like 22, they're physically incapable of watching a film. Like they really mm-hmm. are. No, people who are 22 sit there and go, I like Solo. I think it's the best one. <laughs> I don't think they even, I don't even know. I, but I, I, maybe that's like one of the like real high minded folks that you have working for you. But like, <laughs> but like the, the ones I interact with can't even get through it. They cannot get through a feature film. It's unthinkable. Like they'll, they'll flat out tell you. So it's like, how are they ever? They'll never know what Star Wars, when Star, what Star Wars was when it was good. They'll never, ha- they'll never know. Maybe if we turn it into some TikToks and reach out to the children, sorry, Wake the up. youth, <laughs> the youths. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it was just an interesting observation, and you know when I had this observation, wait, they did that. They had those little like things where they an where they did the animated version of Star Wars, where it was like little bites from the original. Oh. <gasps> There's this there's this one act in in the Empire Strips Back where s- someone <laughs> impersonating Princess Leia goes up to R2D2 and attempts to press a button on his on him and she what she did was she pressed right in the center of the red light and I'm like that's not a button you've never seen Star Wars I, I'm sure of it and, and and of course she hasn't but you know it was just all, all at once and then the guy starts quoting Rose Tico and I'm like it's a different world than I knew. Blasphemy. You know? <laughs> I like to. There's no greater tragedy in one's existence than Chris Porteous watching some actress push a non button on R2D2 as his soul literally just collapses in upon itself as he realizes that the future of the Star Wars fandom is doomed. There is no upside to anything going forward. Like she just put her finger right on the red light as if it was going to do something. It's like. I- I have a question, Chris. How, like, did did you already write your one star review for this show? Because I would love to read it. And here's the thing: it's ten out of ten. 
It's absolutely 10 out of 10, except for the Rose Tico quote. But it, but it made me realize that none of these people know what Star Wars is. But whoever conceived the whole thing did. This show was uh, obviously not done in the true spirit of Star Wars. Uh, the actors did not realize what they were actually doing was a Star Wars. But overall, I recommend it. 10 out of 10. Yeah, I recommend it. I, I definitely do. And um, there was some, you know, there was some uh, there was some parody uh, print material for sale added as well, which is like whoever made that definitely knows what Star Wars is. There's an there's a magazine that has an advertisement for the little credit card sized aquarium that Sondan is trying to sell in the holiday special. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, you know, a, a Gen Z didn't make that. <laughs> Some grandpa somewhere got got loose on the script. It was like, here we go. Here's my yeah. shot. Yeah, exactly. You know, like I'll, I'll, I'll that is safe to post on. I'll post a picture of the the aquarium advertisement for you guys to marvel at. That's one of the only things that's safe to post from that. But but you know, um, it's but it's it's just it's interesting because it's like watching maybe that's why they don't make these they're, they're so apprehensive about making these feature films like you can't it's hard to capture the youth's imagination you know it's like what is it is it a lot there's been a lot of stinkers lately as far as uh appreciation goes it's almost like you want to make them and make them horrible so it has more staying power something to talk about yeah like cats yeah. Oh God! From four years ago, Iowa Smith will be nothing like that. <laughs> no. Good job punching down at cats. How'd you do it, Chris? Well, I just thought of something that like scarred my brain like horribly, and that's what came up. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Um, Valerian in the world of a thousand planets—that scarred me for life. Valerian? Yeah. Valerian was pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was going to be way better. <laughs> well, yeah, like everything else, it could have been way better, but it was solid for what it was. What was the last culture-defining thing that was like unanimously considered bad by everybody? Culturally defining thing that was unanimously considered bad by everyone. Well, we have to go back to a time in the 90s when there was a thing called called music and then this band came along called limp biscuit and fred durst decided to destroy that was uh was was the uh named after its death uh ghostbusters answer the call was that before or after cats because i really hated before, that too. before okay. that was a couple of years. that was like 2016 <laughs> okay all right i've heard it's okay ellie bought the blu-ray i oh yeah she did who watches blu-rays the only people I ever heard defending that movie were like the four leads. I don't know anybody else. Yeah. And that's only because they were paid. Yeah. I guess what? The, what was, what was, oh God, this, what was the, what? The Marvels? Was that the last like thing? Like, I don't think enough people saw that to hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody even has an opinion on that. You can't hate something if you didn't watch it. The Flash. But the Flash was good, but like people dogpiled on that because I guess what DC overall like, like we're still dogpiling on DC. How many years later? It didn't bother me. I enjoyed the twenty minutes of Michael Keaton. He it was inoffensive as far as the Michael Keaton stuff. It could have been a disaster. the The rest of it, the CGI babies flying through the air. Yeah, 
I don't know. <laughs> oh, I, I guess here's another one because this got brought up. This has been brought up a few times recently, been between the records. Rebel Moon. No comments? Seen it yet. Solid seven out of ten. You know, it's a music video. I haven't watched it because I'm under the assumption I will be told to at some point by some lunatic with glasses. Zach doesn't care about it, so we're not. We're I not do not. It is directed by Hack Snyder. I was yeah. about to say, there's two of you with glasses. Any one of you two can can tell me to watch this at any time. Zenger, what's the best Zack Snyder movie? Easily 300. Oh, God, they all have glasses. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 hold on. I got this. Put the Trapper Wolf helmet on. 300 is it was a culturally <sighs> defining film, Zach. Like, you know, when he kicks. That, it was. People don't talk about it anymore. I mean, that's because they need to watch it again, and then they'll talk about it for like a month after they watch it again. But like, you know, there's a lot of fun. I have not. To be fair, I bought that movie on 4K Blu-ray a couple months ago, and I have not opened it. I don't think people. Like, it's funny. People now look at Hack Snyder less as the Watchmen and DC guy, and more as like the Dawn of the Dead guy. It's like, oh yeah, he made a great Dawn of the Dead remake. I'm like, from 20 years ago, that's what we're going back to is his his opus. I mean that. I mean, that might be the best zombie movie like ever, but sure. It's probably his most competently made film. Like, I'm not going to argue that, but it's weird to think that like for a while there, like in a post Man of Steel world, people are like, well, Watchmen's a masterpiece. And then people watched Watchmen again, like 10 years later. And they're like, yeah, this could have been much better. And then like, it's like, well, 300's his best film. It's like, what? uh, 300's like the most superficial film ever made. Like it does what it needs to do. It gets in and it gets out. But it has one trick and it plays it so hard. And now we've gotten to like, well, at least it's com- a competent like zombie movie he made. And it's like, fair enough. We'll throw him a bone. It's beyond competent. Like, I, I can't think of a zombie film I would rather watch. You know what? I was wrong. I, I was wrong. My bad. His best movie by far has to be Legends of the Guardians, the Owl yes! of Cahoon. The intense owl movie. Never heard of Senator. it. Senator. Thank you for remembering this weirdly forgotten movie from like 14 years ago. Um, well, perfectly accurate on the time frame too. I remember when that movie came out. It was like October 2010. Terrible. I don't know if I think that was that movie came out right before he was announced for Man of Steel. Because there's also Sucker Punch, which he wants another shot at. Like it's as if a schizophrenic made a movie. Zenger, please describe Sucker Punch in two sentences, three if you have to. No no Googling. No Googling. You have to do it from memory. I, uh, from memory, Zenger. You cannot cheat. No cheat sheet this. Woman in Insane Asylum, Dream Battles, heavy, heavy subcontext. I mean, sub, um, oh, what, what is subtext? Sub, um, subtext. There we go. There you go. Does that not just describe like I guess I guess what Hack Snyder movie? Because what isn't the protagonist of Rebel Moon a woman? Wow, I haven't yes. seen it. Well, you know, uh, it's the it's on the poster. So, and I mean, you know, it's a Netflix movie. It doesn't have a poster. It has like an like a JPEG. Don't give it more respect than it deserves. I'll have you know that I have the poster from the 70 millimeter theatrical screening that I went that, to. They do so. that out of some misplaced sense of novelty. They don't do that because they believe in his art. All right, <laughs> fine. We're, we're going to do this. We're going to play this game. What movie that Snyder has directed has the worst Rotten Tomatoes score? Sucker Punch. 
or maybe that zombie one that he did recently that was like direct to Netflix. Or that something. doesn't count. That's not a real movie. That's disqualified. Uh, you're, you're thinking of Army of the Dead, by the way. Yeah, that's terrible. That was uh, sixty-seven. That's the one where somebody got canceled after they filmed it, and they green screened a new actor into all the shots. Yeah, just like Kevin Spacey and all the money in the world. Yeah, yeah, but this had like we're talking like like three sixty moving steady cam shots around a group. They erased someone and put someone else in there. Like the like at what cost? <laughs> Unfathomable, amazing. Actually, like, out of movies he's directed, the zombie one is the. Sorry, Dawn of the Dead is the only one that's still certified fresh. Yeah, because he's not a good filmmaker. But to answer the question I asked you guys, which I got um, Sucker Punch at 22%, it's tied with The Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire. So, yeah, that's because because Disney shells cannot like Rebel Moon, even if they do actually like it. They're just not fit. It's they're not allowed to because they'll get put on a list of haters. So, you know, can't do that because it's vaguely space opera related. And the Marvels did bad the same week. So you just you cannot like Rebel Moon. You're not allowed to. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what the universe did when Rebel Moon came out. It went. Okay, it moved on to the next controversy. All right, do we have anything else to say about the Mandalorian and Big Whiskey? Um, not episode ten starring Ray or whatever. Dis- Don't want it or whatever Disney Star Wars project that will be inevitably canceled in the coming days, weeks. More Thrawn. Well, of course. Well, I I can I second that motion, but don't also bastardize him. I would settle for him to like do something. He did do something. He's back. He's back. Yeah, but he, but like, he's back is like, you could say that about Ahsoka season one. You could also say that about the end of Ahsoka season one, which means that he did nothing. He got back to the main galaxy. He escaped exile. Yeah, he was very leisurely and weird about it and not very calculating. It was pretty calculated. I think there's some calculations that occurred. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't know. Thrawn being like the like Dathomir like witch master is like the weirdest thing ever because it's like he like you know like old Thrawn was like he didn't really understand the Force and like it sort of messed it followed his plans and all that and it's like how do you really be a, like this elite military tactician when you have like uh, fits whatever uh, like keyhole you needed to MacGuffin ghost witch magic thing in your pocket the whole time i don't it's just it's sort of it's sort of i don't know there's something literal and like and like more uh grounded about the idea of thrawn and it's just i i he's teaming up with night sisters and zombie stormtroopers i don't know and hashtag not my thrawn i don't know whoa whoa no 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 this is the best version of a live action Thrawn we could ask for. That's the only action, the only live action Thrawn. <laughs> exactly. Beggars can't be choosers. I'll take what I get. But Chris, there's no way they're going to have him with like weird like salamanders that can like negate the force. There's no way Cowboy Hat Man would allow, allow that after how like Jorge's like, I don't believe that's a thing that could happen. They're making weird CGI salamanders all the time. I just don't believe a um, 
I ordered this from the the Golden China restaurant. I, I specifically wanted the lo mein, and they gave me chow feng. The, the salamiri or whatever it's called is way better looking than a loath cat. A loath cat is an abomination from hell. A loath cat doesn't negate the force. It should. <laughs> See, I, I was I was thinking that the crabbering goons could negate the force if you don't pass them to me. You know what was? And you know what might actually uh, doesn't? When does that? When does uh that that new third person game come out? Outlaws? Yeah. Uh, later this year. Just no date later this year? Sometime later this year from... Um, I think it's like holiday season 2024. It's meant to be like a holiday release. Yep, yep. I mean, do you know how much more interested... I just First of all, I just remembered that exists. And I'm so much more interested in that than any of these potential Schrodinger Star Wars films. Because like I've seen some of it. I vaguely know what it's about. I have confidence it will someday exist no, 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 and I'll no. be able to buy it. Chris, just, just go out and buy an Assassin's Creed game. And then just imagine blasters instead, and it's the exact same thing. But, like, the idea of, like, uh, you know, the idea of, like, being able to just, like, loiter in Jabba's palace, like, in between Empire and Jedi, that's appealing to me. Where If they got a bunch of nice-looking aliens in there, and, like, they, the Han's on the wall, and you can just sort of stand and just look at Han on the wall and just be like... <laughs> This is funny. There's got, got a job over there and nothing's really happening. You know, I mean, there's, I don't know. There's, I mean, there, there's something, uh, something appealing about the design of that game. Chris just wants to relive cool. Shadows of the Empire again. He's like, this is something he enjoyed 1996 for the second time. Yeah. yeah. It's so great. Like, you know, the graphics have become unimaginable. The stories have just like taken a severe nosedive, but look how nice it looks. You know, it looks so fun. And there's like there's space combat and like land vehicles like that thing that outlaws looks pretty exciting, but you guys don't care. It's alright. I will buy it, but I will not like it. Uh, Ellie will buy it, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> um, Ellie will buy the collector's edition, which comes with like like a literal one to one representation of like every aspect of the game, but like as like a maquette. Well, I mean, Cal Calrissian 2 was really good also. Like, you know, maybe that's eh, just... Eh. Oh, you guys, you, you, you... Oh, my. Do you actually finish it? And you're yeah. saying that? Well, because the weird thing that happens in that game is that they freaking, like... And we never really talked about that game in any sort of meaningful way. Dagangara is made out to be, like, the pr- t- like primary antagonist. He's kind of, like... He's meant as, like, a weird backdoor pilot into, like, getting people hooked into the High Republic series. And, like, he's an interesting villain. And also no one cares still. But also nobody cares. I agree. And then Bode becomes, like, the villain out of nowhere, like, in the middle of the fourth act of the story. And it's, like, like it's like Survivor felt like what Force Unleashed 2 was. It felt so weirdly out of place. Like, it works, but it's weirdly just kind of, like, doing its own thing. You know, I think if you looked back at it, if you put it on like the easiest mode and play through it again, I think you will really appreciate the the narrative structure of it. I don't think it's seat of the pants, last minute choices at all. Like I think, you know, those clues of what boat is up to are there the whole time. But, uh, you know, maybe we'll be able to do an episode on that someday. But I think there's a lot. I mean, that the story of that game is more interesting than anything else we've got. 
But just there's also the weird point in like spoiler alerts for Jedi Survivor where just like out of nowhere, he just shoots like what? Uh, oh, God, what's his name? Eno Cordova and, and like Sears, like weirdly fighting Darth Vader for no reason. It's just like it feels like it do- undoes again. It felt what Last Jedi was to the neckbeards is what I feel Jedi Survivor was to Fallen Order. It felt like it undid everything that Fallen Order set up outside of just Night Sister Marin is the greatest character to ever exist in a Star Wars video game. Dude. And we should do more with that character. The the main, yeah. I mean, the main action set piece where Marin like deploys that like teleporting ability and you're like flying around like in the sandstorm, like eh, there may not have been a better like level of a Star Wars game. <laughs> like, I don't know. That was pretty good stuff, man. I don't know. But that. It's no pulling down a Star Destroyer from space, but... God dang right, it's not. But what about the part where Boba Fett shows up? Boba Fett does show up in Jedi Survivor, and it kind of makes sense, and it's not jarring. And it takes, like, three hours of, like, side quests to see him. Like, it's exactly what Boba Fett... Okay, I will give Jedi Survivor the highest accolade of it it knew how to effectively use Boba Fett. (laughs) Unlike... Unlike the entire six-episode series of a TV show. Well, first of all, it knew that his helmet could be on. Second of all, it it uh it realized that ninety percent of Boba Fett is looking at how cool he is. So once you achieve that cutscene, he just stands around and you can keep looking at him if you want to. <laughs> but if you could just look at Boba Fett for three hours, is he looks cool? Yeah, like he has a bounty hunter like hogtied beside him and he just stands around like, move along, Jedi. Stop looking at me. He just occasionally chimes in and tells you to leave, but you don't have to. It's good. The hero we need but don't deserve. So so what you're saying is Boba Fett like should be admired from 10 feet away at all times. He looks good from 10 feet away, but any closer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. I agree with that. I'm glad Zenger finally distilled what made Boba Fett cool. Like Zenger, please like write like a postcard, send it to Lucasfilm and be like, I figured it out. Stand 10 <laughs> feet away from Boba Fett. And that's all you need. You mean don't have him in hot tubs and bathrobes for like 80% of the time. All right. Why Good talk. That? Well, that's, that's, you know, Octa dreams. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Do we have anything else Star Wars related to talk about, or are we gonna devolve into some other nonsense? Did you know that Boba Fett is a Tuscan Raider, basically? He is. And he robbed a, a Tatooine space train <laughs> to help them <laughs> reclaim their territory. Oh man, it's all flooding back to me. He lived with them for like years. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird. Until the Mandalorian showed up one day and visited Cobb. Are we going to see Cobb Vanth again? Because, like, wasn't he getting, like... Oh, my God, I hope. He's going to be a Terminator, though. He's going to be, like, half robot when he shows up He's again. still going to be dreamy. So dreamy. Is Cad Bane still alive? Yes. To be fair, like, after what happened to Sabine the Ahsoka... Because, what, Cad Bane was, what, stabbed with, like, like a sharp stick? I'm pretty sure he could you could survive being impaled on a sharp stick if you can survive a laser sword. But do, do we want Cad Bane to be alive? That's the better question. And I mean, the real question is do we have any say if Cad Bane's still alive? It's going to happen whether we like it or not if Lucasfilm decides so. I think if you get on, get on X and cause enough ruckus, they might just keep him dead. Hashtag cancel Cad Bane. I don't think we should be recommending people go to that kind of site. I mean, I know you went to a burlesque show, but oh, oh you mean Twitter. 
Oh, <laughs> they gave it a new cool guy rebranding. Yeah. That nobody asked for. <laughs> but but people are still using it, though. I don't know. It's, it's, it's you, interesting. You know, in a, in a behind the scenes thing, I have to read some stuff about social media uh, at my job. And one of the things is talking about, like, properly posting on Twitter. And I'm like, until they change the verbiage, I am not saying tweet. I am not going to say tw- Twitter. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not going to say X because it just would be weird for me to follow that up with. Yeah. Don't forget to X responsibly. Yeah. And not only that, but it's really impressive the amount of people and institutions and various podcasts that refuse to call it X and are still calling it Twitter. Or they say X, formerly Twitter. My app on my phone still says Twitter. I refuse to update it. (laughs) It's Twitter. I don't care what crazy man Rich Pants says. It's Twitter. He can call it whatever he wants. (laughs) I I just like saying formally like Twitter. Yeah, like Prince. Like the artist formerly known as uh, Twitter. The the, the app formerly known as Twitter. There you go. Man, you know things are rough in the Star Wars universe when we start debating the names of social media platforms. There's nothing. There's nothing except out. There's nothing except outlaws, Zach. And you don't even. You're not like you're like me. I'll buy it, but I won't play it. I'm trying to think. What's the next like Star Wars thing I'm excited for? Like I'm trying to think. What is the next like thing that's like palpable excitement? Oh, speaking of finding stuff, um. If you need a three-fourth or three-fifths or whatever the size is, three and three Ahsoka um, figure, go to your nearest Ross. I guarantee you they have a pile of them sitting around. We don't have Rosses in the Northeast there. Gross. That's also the retro collection, and you don't want a retro collection of Ahsoka. That's pretty lame. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, no, I'm just saying, every time I've wandered into one, there's like piles of them just sitting around. Zanger, did you get the Black Series Star Killer figure yet? What you mean? Oh, the Black Series one. I was like, you, you mean the not the one I not the one I sent you, Zanger. That's the vintage collection, you noob. Oh, oh. That one, that one looks good carded, but if you open it, that figure is like twelve years old. And the new Black Series one, that's that's the new hotness. That's the one Zanger uh, Chris has that he what, likes. What about this? <laughs> Does, am oh I cool? God, it's Jim Porg. Oh my, I haven't seen Giant Borg since like 2018. He's always here. He's just is he okay? Oh, yeah. You right like there, buddy. What has Zenger done to you these last five years? <laughs> Loved him. Because that's the one Ellie fought. Ellie fought that existing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It still exists. Just sadly can't exist on my desk at the moment, but I might get a new thing to put on. Also, there's the Lego Superstar Destroyer over there. Oh, the Christmas gift. Yeah. Yeah, and has the little Easter egg of the um, bounty hunters. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it, so, someone, <laughs> that's the Porg's head bobbling back and forth. It's, those of you who are wondering. It's a fantastic foley right there for the listeners yeah. at home. Yeah, but you know, I, I, Zach, you're, you're right. You know, we're talking, we we're talking about Twitter and like, if you're listening to this and you're like, why are you guys even recording? You guys clearly don't like Star people Wars want people. us to record. That's the sad part. Like every single, like every week, someone's like, when are we gonna get a new episode? And I'm like, do you want this? Is this what you people want? But it's not. But it's not true that we don't like Star Wars. At least not for me. Like. You know, literally yesterday, I was at a uh, Ontario Star Wars Collectors Club meetup, and you know, we bought as one does on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, we bought and sold some stuff. The guy had a luxurious home theater where we watched 
uh, 4K 77, which is the theatrical scan of A New Hope. And like, it looked better than I've ever seen it in my life. And, you know, I, and I even, I even purchased a, uh, let's see if that'll focus. I don't know. Uh, oh, a Sebastian Shaw three-quarter vintage be. figure. Oh, we're and he's, fine. You know, and look how he's, he's just wholesome. Sebastian Shaw like smiling there. I, of course, I already have him carded, but I need one on my desk. And, <laughs> and you know, um, it, it was just a bunch, it was just a bunch of Star Wars fans hanging out, having a good time talking about Star Wars and, uh, watching the, unadulterated version of a new hope and you know it's it's still a big part of my life even though all this stuff is all this disney stuff is really boring and upsetting (laughs) aren't those like antithetical terms boring and upsetting you'd think so until we're breaking new ground here in the 21st century you know it's just a weird time to be alive we think so until we start watching the obi-wan kenobi series in book of boba fett how can I both be disengaged and frustrated at the same time? That's why the fans need to make their own content, their own content. And Zach and I made our own content. We figured out the plot to the Mandalorian and Big Whiskey movie. We figured it out. It's in the group chat right now. Right there. Like we've, we, we've somehow deduced the plot of a movie with no details. <laughs> and and if and once it comes out you'll be able to go back and listen to that and say you know what it's so uh broadly outlined that it does apply to this film and season four but real quick this just because zenger will probably get this i don't know who, joe or chris might as well do you remember the episode of south park zenger where like uh cartman is like awesome and he goes to like the movie yeah. studio yeah. and he like convinces them like it's like just give us the plot of like an adam sandler comedy and he just keeps churning them yeah out. he keeps pitching adam Sa- they keep pitching like so one of the guys comes out at one point and he's like yeah he's pitched to like 20 movies and 19 of them are Adam Sandler movies. And it cuts into him going like Adam Sandler is a down on his luck guy who gets a hot chick. And they're like, Oh, oh." that's how Lucas someone's making star Wars movies. (laughs) This week, the Mandalorian Grogu go off to solve adventures. Like it really is just like, it's just the most bare bones idea. It's like, and it's great that like the star Wars fandom even doesn't even get excited anymore. It's, It's a collective Eh. like it's not dismissive it's just like indifference which is kind of all i've ever wanted from the fandom to be like well i'll believe it when i see it so um real funny moment by the way so my um stepdaughter has like a she she she's collected batman stuff so she has like some batman shrine in her room but there's a random darth vader and a Mandalorian in it and I'm like why do you have like a random Din Djarin action figure and she's like who and I want that dead silence to stay in because I'm like Din Din Djarin the Mandalorian she goes why do you keep saying Din Djarin and my eyes started twitching (laughs) Din Djarin I'm like I I don't know how to follow this up I was like thank god there wasn't a Grogu nearby so I could be like who's that whiskey she would be in big whiskey (laughs) And they do, they really do use his name quite a bit in the show. So I'm calling fake fan. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with you. What Zanger's trying to say, Chris, is that his daughter, his stepdaughter is basic. It's just, <laughs> well, maybe it's just because Mandalorian and Darth Vader are just kind of like Batman. They got utility belts, <laughs> they got armor. <laughs> Batman. 
They both don't have parents any. <gasps> it's like the equivalent of trying to explain some of the difference between like Dick Grayson and Jason Todd. It's like Robin. Well, actually, Robin. Oh no, she'd know that. She'd know the different Robins. Yeah, yeah, she'd know the different Robins. Oh my god. Zanger, you must be so proud and disappointed. Much like a Lucasfilm executive, you are both proud and disappointed at the same yeah, time. definitely. Like I said, eye twitching and everything. Mm. Wait, is there is there a new... Uh, Joe, did you post a new <laughs> description <laughs> to the Mandalorian and Grogu movie in the group chat? Yes. Oh my god, how many... How long does this go? Oh my god, it keeps growing. Okay, um, I'm going to read this out loud and we're going to end the episode. User, what would a movie about the Mandalorian Grogu be about chat GPT title? That should be how the opening crawl begins. That should literally just be the first (laughs) 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 All right. Oh, Jesus. Quote, the Mandalorian, Pass of Destiny, synopsis, the Mandalorian, Passive Destiny, I can't, I can't say that title without laughing, explores the continuing journey of Din Djarin, the Mandalorian, and his young ward, Grogu. Set in the ga- he is Batman. Exactly. <laughs> you say Batman. Set in the gap. No, Zagger, that's how the Flash plot was uh, created, was in ChatGPT. It's like Batman just kept somehow trickling into the plot. All right. Um, set in a galaxy filled with turmoil and shifting alliances, the duo finds themselves drawn into a conflict that threatens to reshape the balance of power. As the New Republic grapples with internal challenges and the remnants of the Galactic Empire attempt to reclaim their former glory, Din and Grogu become entangled in a quest for a mysterious artifact of great importance. The artifact... Rumored to hold the key to ancient Mandalorian secrets, attracts the attention of various factions vying for supremacy. Din, driven by a sense of duty to protect Grogu and guided by his Mandalorian principles, embarks on a perilous journey across different planets and encounters old friends and foes alike. It's the exact same. It's so identical wording. They already made it. They're, they're talking about the dark saber and, and our Mandalorian <laughs> artifact that that sort of changes the balance of power in the um, amongst the Mandalorian clans. Like the, it's just some, like summarizing the stuff that's already come out. It's what Chris is trying to say is that ChatGPT wrote season three of the Mandalorian. <laughs> no, no, no. See, we're gonna <laughs> find like, out. That, I figured it out. No, we're gonna find out that that's not the actual dark saber. That the original's dark saber still exist no what happens is five years from now when this movie comes out Maz Kanata will show up and Big Whiskey will be like how'd you get that that's a story <laughs> for another time <laughs> she answered to him uh, right. the Mandalorian passive oh, destiny combines intense <laughs> action sequences with emotional depth further exploring the dynamic between Din Djarin and Grogu it offers fans a captivating journey through the Star Wars universe filled with epic battles intriguing lore and the enduring bond between a Mandalorian and his young charge <laughs> once again man Chris, come on. You're telling me that wouldn't be like the card back of like an action figure coming out like two months before the movie was released. You're telling me that's not what the Attack of the Clone synopsis read like in 2002. 
I guarantee you the Attack of the Clone synopsis is more interesting than that. Yeah, it goes something... Zenger fact check that. Go find episode two toy merchandise and read a description on the back of it. It is nowhere near as captivating for, as for that. For some reason, Obi-Wan decides to become Space Sherlock Holmes because we needed something for him to do. Keep in mind, the teaser poster for Attack of the Clones is just Anakin and Padme back to back. And it's like, near, like, nor fear, nor passion, nor love. And that was the teaser poster. Yeah, back when Lucasfilm knew what the Jedi code was, but now they're just like, dude, we're all 22 years old. What's Star Wars? <laughs> Look, Chris's vision of like, okay, can somebody, uh, Joe, put in chat GPT, what is a current Lucasfilm executive and see if it makes exactly what Chris just described. No, even better. I want him to put in, what is a Knights of Vader episode? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> do we really want to knock on that door? <laughs> I do. Too many things. <laughs> That's all it says. Okay, hold on. No, that's not a good idea because what it will do is it will start – it'll use the algorithm to accurately predict all of our opinions on everything. <laughs> not, not good. Chris, please insert like fully sounds of like click, click, clacking of somebody on a keyboard for the last 10 seconds. Yeah, or like, or like Benny Hill music. Yeah. All right. It's populating. What is a Lucasfilm executive like? It uh, just goes through the passions for franchise, <laughs> strategic vision, lies and slander, Star Wars without the wars, dinosaurs, adaptability. adaptability. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a four-year dated reference to a very specific episode of the podcast. Cut it! Cut the deepest. Yeah, it really did. It did, and yet somehow we laugh at the old Rep- uh, the High Republic. Yet it's still chugging strong. Despite everybody's efforts, well, it's chugging strong with the fa- the young adult fantasy novel community, not Star Wars fans, but whatever, it's cool. Wait, wait till they find out there's movies. Yeah, they won't have they won't find much in common with those. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, you know. I think that um, we have officially uh, an hour ago exhausted what we have to say about the Mandalorian and Grogu. Other than, of course, it's the worst title uh ever imaginable and um you know they already did it with solo i guess it should be stated that when i posted this news in the group chat chris's immediate response was it can't be named that right and i said (laughs) it's italicized chris it's legit (laughs) well we gave them many different names that they could choose on this podcast if they wish they only have to give it a little stipend Grogu and the Dial of Destiny. We- <laughs> the Mandalorian calling the Dial. They just tried again, figuring they got nothing to lose. Nobody watched the first one, so why waste a good title? Oh God, I, I hate I. But you know, Rogue One is the best example of how you can literally make anything the title and still make it relevant. They could have, you know, the ship that they commandeer. They could have made Bodhi Rook could have made up any name he wanted, and then that would be a relevant title for the film because that's the ship they fly around in. And it's just it just shows you how utterly lazy the Mandalorian and Grogu is. But whatever. Well, they were gonna call it the Emperor's Got Back. 
but apparently that was taken. It's good. It's good SEO, Chris. Yeah, that was ChatGPT's first recommendation, but they're like, oh, this thing has a few kinks still. That's a real movie. <laughs> oh, man, time to put this episode out of its misery. So it concludes this episode of Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. Check out the Facebook group. Type in Knights of Vader in the Facebook, and you'll find us there waiting for you. At KOV Podcast on Instagram, let Chris know how much you uh, dislike Jedi Fallen Order 2. If you like what you hear, please rate us on Spotify and review us on iTunes. It would be mucho appreciato. Thank you to Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. Check out the show notes to hear more from them. If you want to hear from me, more from me, um, Roberto and I recorded uh, Monstober for Cinematis, and only one episode out of five was ever released. So much like you, I'm wondering what happened to those other four of the five episodes. Maybe one day I will hear them myself along with you. But when you're not pining for more cinematical nonsense – Chris, when you're not watching a Star Wars burlesque show, what are you up to? I will be uh, quartering the market on various representations of Sebastian Shaw's Anakin Skywalker. And uh, as uh, and there's a 12 inch one, that's hilarious. And uh, as uh, Zach said, go follow at KOV podcast on Instagram. And it, I don't believe it's on X. So you don't have to worry about that. No, we got banned off X back when it was owned by the uh, the, the progressives. Joe, when you are not predicting Star Wars over the next 10 years, what are you up to? I am up to making my Jimmy C face so I could put it on an action figure and put it in the Titan sub so he could save it from imploding. And, you know. Yeah, he just swam. He just swims down there and uses the power of his mind to just keep like he reduces the pressure of the ocean in that exactly. general That's vicinity. A, he's like yeah. he's like an awesome Aquaman. He's a real life Aquaman. He is Aquaman. the Aquaman. He is the Aquaman. So Chris, can we please when you release this episode have Joe holding up the like Titan sub with Cal Calrissian writing it like Slim Pickens from Doctor Strange Love? Yeah. I'll, we'll get Joe to take a nice photo of it and send me that. Yeah. All right, Zanger, when you're not too busy uh, emulating the real-life adventures of one Trapper Wolf. Zanger, you and I should go to a convention. You can be Trapper Wolf, and I can be uh, Carson Teva. Oh, we can totally do that. I see if you have flight track it. We, oh, we have to just get past our epileptic shock of the, the <laughs> heads-up display of the helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Um, oh, what am I up to? Uh, Zingus will be back at some point. TBD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It should be noted that Joe is legit having Cal Calrissian ride the Titan sub across the screen <laughs> as Cal Calrissian legit just fell off the Titan sub. All right. Good night, but not goodbye. And as always, may the force be with you. Joe, the real tragedy is that nothing recorded what you just did. You know, that's just, that's a shame.